0: Hey, this is Brad Gushu, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight.
1: We are here with Brad Gushu. Brad, my very first question for you is, do you like my jersey? I know it's not curling, but it's the closest thing I got to Team Canada. Love it.
0: Love it. Can't <laughs> wait to uh, to wear one. We were actually gifted one by Mark Kennedy. He brought uh, bought all of our, our team members a, a Team Canada jersey. So we're hoping we get a chance to wear them over in Beijing.
1: Now, was that like something that he had to do or was it something that he voluntarily did? Because I know <laughs> no. like obviously did he come to you and be like, listen, I'll get you guys all Team Canada jerseys if you let me come along. That's,
0: <laughs> that's exactly how it went and uh, we're appreciative. No, he, uh, it was very, very nice gift. It was completely unexpected. I think our second or third night here in, in the house, he said, guys, I got a gift for you. And uh, we certainly didn't expect that, but I'm very appreciative of it.
1: That is a very nice gift. Now, I, I guess, cause I've, I've followed a little bit of it on Twitter, Instagram, watching your posts. He's cleaning you up in poker. Was it, was his way of kind of, you know, being like, I know I'm cleaning you out in poker, but here's a gift. So doesn't feel as bad
0: <laughs> yeah that was i think it was our way of paying him back a little bit for the for the jerseys no he's he's a good player um firsthand he he lost big and then he just kind of chipped away and didn't lose much after he's, he's a good player uh hopefully we'll get another crack at him later on
2: hello i'm wendy mesley there you are a lot of people wondered what happened to you i could say the same about you maureen holloway Well, here we are a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mochrie. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us. Women of Ill Repute.
1: I want to mention this because actually the last time we had you on, I believe it was 2017, we were both in Ottawa. I was at University of Ottawa in like, I call it a bunker doing a a radio broadcast. And I believe this was like the Olympic trials at that point. And we closed the interview off actually by you saying you wanted another crack at the Olympics. Now you have that crack. I know it's a horrible way to put that, but it's like, (laughs) how, how do you feel now going back to the Olympics?
0: Yeah. You know what? It's, it's just going to be a great opportunity. It's been 16 years since I've been there. A lot has changed in my life. Uh, You know, my perspective on sport and on life has changed dramatically. So to get a chance to go back and be around all the other athletes and, you know, see the rings, be part of the ceremonies, it's going to be special. So I'm just going to try and soak it in as much as possible. I know if we play the way we're capable of playing, we'll have a good chance to win. So, you know, I think we're doing everything, we can right now to make sure that part is taken care of. But from an, an actual experience side, I want to soak in as much as we can and really embrace and enjoy it. Try and make my kids as much a part of the experience as possible. So probably a lot of FaceTime and Zoom and all that stuff while we're over there. And yeah, just have some fun with it, to be quite honest.
1: In Torino in 2006, how old were you? We were like 25, 26? 25, yeah. And now going in this time, you're 41 now. Obviously, yeah. you're mentioning about the whole growth experience, the longevity there of going back, like what things do you take with you? Cause I'm only 30, but I can imagine when you reach the peak of anything when you're young, cause I, we've had Jill officer on, and she even mentioned, you know, with team Jones when they had that success early on, and then it kind of goes away and you have to bring it back or try to find your way back. Like, obviously it's a lot of experience that comes with it, but what do you take with you now that you probably, didn't take a 25 or 26 that you kind of like overlooked, maybe?
0: That's a great question. And and it's going to be hard for me to answer that until after we experience it. But really, I I think we're in a much better place in our curling careers. Like I I think we're fully confident in in our ability and we kind of know what we're capable of doing and know what we're not capable of doing. So I think from a consistency standpoint, we're in a much better place than we were 16 years ago. But then there's the other side, you're, you know, you're younger, you have all that intensity and when you're 41, you have a little bit more patience, I guess, than intensity. You know, there's so much that has changed and kind of really just want to soak it in, take it day by day and see what happens, to be quite honest. And I don't want that to come, come across as, you know, us being too cavalier because yeah. you know, we're, we're working our tails off right now to make sure from a physical and technical standpoint, we're as ready as we possibly can be, and we will be ready. Uh, but it's just that whole experience, you know, outside of the games, outside of your preparation for, you The actual games, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to enjoy it? And I think we're going to soak it in as much as possible because, you know, at 41, who knows how many times we're going to get back or if we're ever going to get back? You know, at 25, we had the feeling of we're going to get there again. Like it's going to happen. (laughs) Yeah. That, that started to go away really quick (laughs) after as, as you, you know, you miss a couple trials and, and you see other teams going, but you have to think at 41 that you're not going to have many, if, if any more opportunities. So just enjoy it, relish it, have some fun with it and see what happens.
1: I want to ask you kind of a little bit of a compliment, I guess, in a sense, because in 2006, I remember it quite vividly. Our school got the day off to watch you play in the Olympics. And I know we probably mentioned this prior. Do you think they're going to do the same thing now? Boy, I, I'm not
0: sure. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I haven't even looked at the time of the the final or the playoffs and how that corresponds with what's going to happen in, in Canada and in particular, probably Newfoundland. Um, you know, I, I hope that if, uh, if the game is on during school time that they're, you know, kids are given a chance to watch it. I know for me as a kid, the Olympics was just such a cool time to watch TV and it was awesome to be part of. So I I think if, if we can give those kids that chance, and I hear it almost every day, uh, someone, you know, when I'm home, will say, I remember you, you gave us a day off when I was in grade four or whatever it was, you know, so that, that as that's a memory with a lot of Newfoundlanders that, you know, they know where they were on that day. And if we get the chance to play in a final, which I hope we do, I'd certainly would love to see the kids have that same opportunity and not only the kids, but there was a lot of businesses and, and adults that took the day off as well. So hopefully they have that chance. But, you know, we got a long road to, to get to that point where we can give people that opportunity. And that's going to be our focus is just win as many games as we can and, and see if, you know, the other stuff will let the, the politicians and, you know, decision makers handle that stuff.
1: Yeah, because I remember actually there's a few things that the Telegram had out, like when Dan Cleary won the Stanley Cup, they did like a big kind of you could order a poster or a picture. And I remember yeah. having that. And I think the first one I ever had from the Telegram because my mom one day was like, Hey, do you want one of these things that like it has Brad Goosh and stuff? I was like, absolutely. And then uh, a few, I, I think it was like once we moved from the Googles up to Whitless Bay, obviously the amount of times that you tum tack it and then move it around. Yeah. It kind of ripped on me. So like, Brad, if you got an extra one around, no, like, okay. I,
0: I don't, but uh, they, they gave us kind of a printout of the, you know, the old press that they used to have. I don't think they used it back then, no. but uh, <laughs> that's what they gave us as a gift, which is really nice. And I still have that at my house and believe all of us have it. So that was a special thing for us and I'm not gonna share that one but yeah, obviously um, you know we, I'm sure we can make a couple calls and see if there's a few more of those than in circulation
1: I, I I would hope that like obviously maybe jump in the gun here but if you guys win the gold they'll just do another one and then they'll be like hey remember 2006 here's another one I'd be like absolutely yeah. I want another one print it. Hey, this time I'll frame it
0: yeah I'd, I'd love to see it happen again and there's a long road to get there so I don't want to get get too far ahead. Oh. those uh those things were pretty cool and in the whole experience around it especially especially after when we won was pretty amazing. But also I, to be honest, I don't remember a, a lot of it because it was such a blur. Like we were just nonstop, go, go, go. And I don't remember much of it. And I want to make sure this time I I slow the whole experience down right from what we're doing right now. And the lead up to, to the Olympics, to our Olympic experience. And then whatever happens post Olympics is, is just try and not get too caught up in, in the chaos of it all. Because 16 years ago, it was a blur and some people bring up some things to me that I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that happened. And I hadn't thought about it in literally 16 years.
1: Now, obviously, I want to talk about because when you talk about chaos, it's Beijing. We're in like kind of a pandemic with the virus. I know when we mentioned it to Jennifer Jones, she was pretty much saying like her whole team's trying to, you know, in lockdown uh, anything that they're doing, they're doing themselves. Like she was like, if I'm going groceries, I'm getting groceries myself. She can't rely on anyone else. Like you guys are, I'm assuming, still in this house. I call it like the big brother Newfoundland house. Um, (laughs) So like how you guys kind of maintaining getting your workouts in and maintaining that sanity because listen i know it's a completely different experience but living with like five or six guys sometimes you're like dude can i just have 5 minutes to myself please
0: <laughs> you know you know what that's that, that's a good point a couple things uh, for us yeah we're we're in a house here uh, there's eight of us in here so the team that's going over uh, our coaches our team leader we're all here fifth man and it's been a great experience so far that we got an it, it's a fairly big house but there are some moments where you're just like like 5 <laughs> minutes to it's yeah. it's challenging here to read a book because there's always some noise somewhere and someone yeah. shouting because they're playing a game and and things aren't going their way but overall it's been really good so far but we are only about halfway through i think what's going to help us is the fact that we know why we're doing it and we're doing it leading towards the olympics so any of the the frustrations you probably get living with someone for that period of time are probably not going to be as strong because you know why you're doing it. And we're doing it to reduce the risk of, of testing positive. And we've almost eliminated all risk by doing what we're doing. Obviously, it's, it's impossible to eliminate 100% of it. You know, we're still seeing uh, physiotherapists and massage therapists to, to make sure that our bodies are ready for when we go over. But outside of that, we're in here in the house for. You know, twenty two hours of the day. The other two hours, we're at the rink practicing, and when we're there, uh, we have the rink to ourselves. So, and as far as food, we're ordering <laughs> in. It's coming to the front, coming to the front door. So, you know, just taking every precaution because it means a lot to us to get a chance to go over there. And you know, you'd hate for hate to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and, and end up testing positive. And and that's going to happen to some athletes, unfortunately. You know, over the next couple weeks, and and we certainly don't want to be one of those.
1: Yeah, I can imagine like, you know, obviously trying to FaceTime your wife or kids and there's so many in the background. But like when you mentioned it, first thing that came to mind was like, I wonder how Brent is doing with Jocelyn per se. Like, it's almost like I'm guys, I'm trying to like FaceTime my girlfriend here. What's going on? it's like, well, we're all trying to FaceTime our wives or our girlfriends. (laughs) It's not just you, Brent. Uh, But I guess he can always say, well, at least she's coming over with me and then say, all right sit in the corner (laughs) yeah you know well he's
0: the loudest one so he's the one that's making most of the noise but i'm not sure how much he'll get to see her over there because once even when we're over there we want to make sure that we isolate ourselves as much as possible we're still getting tested every day over there and there's still potential of you know somebody bringing it in so again it's going to be something that's going to be in the back not even the back of our mind in the front of our mind right up until we we start to fly home on february 21st i believe so to be honest, it, it has to be almost priority number one, because if yeah. you don't test negative, you, you can't get into the games. And if you don't stay negative, you can't continue to play. So, you know, that's kind of your, your key to, to get into the house, right? <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and if, uh, if you don't have that, nothing else matters. So, you know, it is, it, it, it has been put as our top priority to make sure we we test negative and, and then everything else uh, comes after that.
1: This might be a little bit of a loaded question here, but, and maybe there is no similarities, but like in 2006, you brought Russ Howard with you as your, I guess your extra man. And I guess, again, when you're younger, you want some experience over there just to guide you through. So I, I don't want to make it sound like you know, like why this guy, but I guess it is my episode, my show. So I will ask, but like, <laughs> why, like why Mark, what made Mark the go-to guy? Cause I mean, there's plenty of candidates out there. Sure. There's plenty of people saying, Brad, like I'll get you an extra slice of cake. Oh, just only took you a team Canada Jersey. Sure. I could have got you that. Like <laughs> what, what made Mark over come, everyone else?
0: Yeah, no, no, it's a good question there. There's certainly a lot of players that could fill that role and do a great job at it. What we felt, with Mark would, you know, he would be the best one for that role because he could jump into more positions than just about any player. And and if you fit him in at, you know, lead second, third, you know, our team doesn't, it doesn't change much. Like we're, we're not, it's not like we're going to get worse. And when you take other players and you put them in, maybe in one role, you're like, okay, we're, we're probably a little bit weaker there. And yeah. if you can get three positions and, and potentially four, because Mark Nichols would jump up to the skip and he's proven that he can, he can do that as well. And, and Mark uh, Kennedy would play third. If something happened to me you know all of a sudden no matter what happens we're we're going to have a we're going to be able to field a team that's going to be competitive so that's the number one priority of of why we chose mark number two is obviously he has some experience and and certainly this being an olympic games in a pandemic you want some experience you know you want someone that's been there and it's not going to be overwhelmed by you know the Olympic Games, but then also the safety protocols that are going to be layered on top of that. So, you know he's not going to be flustered or, or being stressed about dealing with all this stuff because he's been through it multiple times before. And then the third point is he's a good guy and he's easy to, easy to get along with. Very supportive. He helped Brendan in the bubble last year, so he's he's had some experience in the role. And, and I've actually been in the other role on one of his teams in 2014 when I was fifth man for Kevin Martin at the trials. So when you factor all that stuff in, it, it, it was an easy decision. It was unanimous within our team when we developed the shortlist and who we wanted to choose. And, you know, he just checked all the boxes.
1: I might not be up on this completely, but just say in the Olympics over there now, like if one of you guys tests positive, is it like your whole team's out or is that kind of play a factor where it's like he can kind of jump in?
0: Yeah. So our understanding is, is if someone does, you know, there's going to be some current concerns cause there's close yeah. contacts and, and we are, you know, we're, we're pretty close. We're living in a house for, for three weeks. And even when we get over there, we're going to have an apartment to ourselves where five of us are going to be in the same complex. But if one of us does test positive, Mark's going to be able to jump in. It's not a full blanket. The team's going to be out, but there would be concerns of close contacts and someone potentially test and positive at a later time. So, Again, that's why it's priority number one for us is to make sure that we avoid this and and get over there and test negative because it's not a matter of just testing negative when you get there. You got to test negative every single day when we're over there. So
1: You mentioned about family earlier. Now, obviously they, they can't go because you were mentioning about FaceTime. I was looking at your Instagram and I guess Haley, your daughter, had put up the schedule and I was like, Haley's not missing the game. My concern is... Like, I don't even know necessarily the time slots now. She had like 9.30, you know, 12.30 a.m., like as you as the father are you allowing this <laughs> what if she's yeah, at school uh, the next day
0: <laughs> absolutely she's she's going to be able to watch any game that she wants and and you know it's it's two weeks out of their life uh they're smart girls they work hard at school they get good grades and they can i want them to experience this watch us support us they're going to be tired uh, you know when when they're not watching they're they're going to have to go to school and be yeah. part of that but you know i want them to to be as much a part of this process as possible and, and if they were allowed they would be be traveling over with me. So they'd still miss that school anyway. And and I know their teachers and and the administrators in the school are going to be very supportive. And like I said, they're, they're smart enough. They're not going to fall behind. So I'm hoping they're going to be cheering for us. A lot of comments too, on her, uh, her schedule. A lot of people really appreciated that. And she's actually been asked to update that. So I think she's going to be uh, working with another network to, to help update that. So that was kind of a fun little treat for her where she gets to be again, part of this experience
1: yeah because i mean i look at and sometimes you forget like when i look at like a hockey canada schedule either of men's or women's or even like the men's women's curling like you see the time on just say like canada curling or hockey canada's website and i'm like okay but is that factoring in is it eastern do i have to put an hour and a half ahead of that is it like you know beijing time and then sometimes it's like i guess i'll wait till it all starts and then i'll figure it out but it's just yeah it was a nice little insight to be like all right uh, it's on Team Gushu. I'm hoping that's Newfoundland time. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, to be honest, I'm not sure what what time it was. Um, but uh, I know basically it's just the afternoon games that are going to be a challenge. Okay. I think our, our night games are going to be morning in Newfoundland. So I think probably around 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, you'll be able to watch those. Perfect. Our, right before I go to work. Yeah. And then our, our morning games, which uh, are, are I think around eight or nine o'clock in the morning are going to be eight or nine o'clock at night in Newfoundland. It's just those two o'clock in the afternoon games for us are going to be two or, or three o'clock in the morning at, at home. So, you know, it's essentially just, I think it's 12 and a half hours or 11 and a half hours difference. And, and it's just basically flipping the clock. So, and I don't think we have too many afternoon games. I think maybe three, I haven't looked at the schedule that close. I, uh, I'll leave that to Haley.
1: <laughs> you just go over and just, you ask Haley when you go over there. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I basically, am I, playing?
0: <laughs> I, I have enough stresses on me that, uh, you know, I just like to be told be ready for this time and, and uh, I'll get ready and go play.
1: I want to ask you, of course, when you're prepping, cause you mentioned about going to the rink, like what do you necessarily do at the rink? Like, are you practicing certain shots? Or are you just trying to keep like, obviously like any sport, sometimes hockey, you're just on the ice, practice some wrist shots, uh, just skating around. Like, is it more just that, or is it actually like prepping for certain situations that you might see yourself in
0: a little bit of everything? You know, first couple of days here, we, we did some video work to make sure we're where we want to be from a technical perspective. We spent a, a couple of days working with Mark Kennedy that if one of us can't play or, or has to come out of the lineup, he can come in and, and kind of, Work with the guys, be able to sweep, and there's no issues there. We're going to spend some time doing some team shots. We're going to spend some time doing some different situations, some game situations, and then work on communication. Generally, the the days leading up to the to big events, we actually reduce our practice quite a bit, and we kind of ramp up the intensity. So we just do a lot of team shots, a lot of situations. We're not there yet, but certainly in in four or five days, we're going to kind of transition to that practice. But right now, it's just trying to get as many reps, feel good about how we're throwing it and get ready for that next stage that's next week and then from there you know we just uh, head over to beijing
1: now other than obviously you know prepping for the olympics and curling like what other things like are you kind of excited to go over in beijing for because i know you can't really do much tourist activities and whatnot and i feel like sometimes um like obviously you curled in a bubble before. I I kind of guess that's what they're trying to do in Beijing is have that bubble atmosphere. How do you get your mindset kind of ready for that? Because it's one thing to do it kind of in Calgary in your own kind of nation, but it's a whole different situation over in another country. Like are you kind of nervous about that or is it kind of like mental preparation?
0: Yeah, I, I think our experience in Calgary is is going to help us quite a bit. You know, we're playing enough that it's going to keep us busy enough that we're not going to be in the room getting too idle. I think there's there's obviously a, a period of rest and recovery that you want to have after any game. So once you put the uh, factor that in, we're, we might have a few hours there where you're kind of twiddling your thumbs. But you know, we're bringing over some stuff to keep us busy, whether it's you know video games or some movies and things like that. And and also there's going to hopefully been an opportunity for us to go and, and see some other sports as well. You know, we're not going to go out of the way to do that, but if we can, you know, kill an hour or two by going to watch some speed skating or figure skating or something like that, you know, we're going to take uh, that opportunity. So I don't expect us to be kind of sitting in the room, just, you know, thinking about, yeah. our experience i think we're gonna we're gonna be active enough and busy enough that the time's going to pass pretty quick
1: now i don't know if you remember this but like when we did this in 2017 with an interview and you said listen brian if we go to the olympics i'm going to take you with you um i don't know how much <laughs> canadian tire money i gotta give you to jump on that plane No that looks, that looks close <laughs> i don't even know if that's worth a lot to be honest brad like that just looks like i just found yeah. this rolling around somewhere that's like maybe a dollar yeah. uh i want to ask you for our final question here What's the experience that you're taking with you for you know someone like Brent that's going over for the first time? Like, what are you kind of telling him? Obviously, he's there with you; he's won. But this is the Olympics. He mentioned in an interview that 2017 nothing's topping it. Brent, I got news for you: this is the Olympics. If you come home with gold this time, I'm sure that tops it.
0: I'm, I'm not convinced that that would be the case. I, I think for us as athletes, sometimes it's big moments, and, and that's what you play for. And, and when I when we all look back at 2017 and the Briar. You know, playing at home with the pressure that we felt, and and the way the whole week shaped out, you know, that's that's uh, that's going to be tough to beat. I know it's not the Olympic Games, but for us, that was that was huge. And I've always said that I'd put that right up there with our gold in 2006. Now. Maybe this would surpass it, but I think that's the benefit that Brett and Jeff have, you know, they're rookies at the Olympics, but they played in some really big games, whether it's world championship finals or Briar finals, trials, finals, they have that experience. They don't have the experience of seeing the Olympic rings and everything else that goes on around it. But from a curling perspective, when we get into those big games, they have some things to look back on and rely on and, and build off of. So I think they're in a good place. I think for us, the the least amount of stress right now that we're having is based around the actual game of curling and going out and competing. I think for us, it really is just about making sure that we're able to play and we get there, we test negative, and that we're able – maintain that throughout i think that's the biggest stress and that's you know something that from a mental preparation standpoint we've had to work on and think about and there's a lot of things that are out of our control but unfortunately those things that are out of our control have a significant impact on our ability to compete so you know there is that layer
1: that every athlete going over right now has to deal with absolutely you know with all this being said doing the olympics and whatnot like you did have a kind of a somber moment i know we're in like a pandemic but you actually got to curl with your daughter in a mixed double and win silver. Do you think Haley has a future here in curling? Do you, are you down? Like, you know, when you're practicing going like, come on, Haley, you got this. I want to see you in this, (laughs) in the spotlight with me.
0: Uh, No, I, 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 I try not to put any pressure on her. Um, you know, I really want her to find her own path. And if, if that path takes her down the curling route, then I'll support her as much as possible. As a father, I'm trying to expose Haley and my other daughter, Marissa, to as much Opportunity as possible, whether it is curling or dance or soccer or whatever that they whatever avenue they want to go. And and you know they're they're too young to make that choice yet on which sport they want to focus on. But when they do, if they do choose curling, I'll be there to support them and coach them and and help them through it. But I try not to, to give too much pressure. But each time we do go down and throw rocks together, we have a draw of the button, and <laughs> I do give a hundred and ten percent on that. The, so when they do beat me, it will mean something. So. They know that daddy's not gonna just roll Take it easy and let him, and let, him <laughs> yeah. let him win that one
1: brad thank you so much for doing this uh listen i'm rooting for you i'm gonna see as many many games as i can i can't promise i'll stay up for like the two and three ones because you know but i'm wishing you the best of luck and hopefully you'll come back with gold perfect thanks appreciate it
0: that's gonna do it for this episode of tobin tonight our thanks to brad gushu for coming on to the show remember you can get past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sang. Thank you for listening, and good night.
1: I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast.